Welcome to the Gut Goddess Show, a podcast for women who are fed up of being tired, bloated, and riding the hormonal roller coaster. This is for you if you're ready to create a better belly and gut health, balance your hormones, and create a more peaceful, happier mind. I'm Kezia Hall, your host, holistic nutritionist, coach, mom to young kids, trauma thriver, science and holistic geek, and this show explores my three-part methodology, the three F's for feeling good, food, feelings, and function. So if you're ready to create pain-free periods or ditch the toilet, food, and IBS drama and just create a normal, joyful relationship with your body and with the food that you eat without overwhelm, restriction, or crazy health obsession, this is the podcast for you and I am so glad that you are here. Let's get started with today's episode. We're talking about sugar today and how sugar dims your light and the how and the why of ditching sugar because it's easy for this area which I would call reducing and removing refined sugars um, a foundational basic step one it's easy especially at this time of year especially after Christmas and really at any time of year it's easy for this to kind of go awry and for us to just lose sight of this so I'm going to share with you some of the geeky facts around this and really just inspire you and re-envision you around this basic area. It's really simple, but um, really profound the impact that it can have if you can have um, a healthy relationship with sugar, if you can take the power back when it comes to your relationship with sugar, or said another way in a more practical, less esoteric way, if you can just remove refined sugars and refined carbohydrates or just reduce them can have a profound impact on your mental health, your hormonal health, your belly, and just your joy and pleasure in the world. This isn't about restriction and deprivation and removing food for the sake of being better and deprived and being miserable. This is actually about you feeling really good, about you feeling the happiest and most joyful and most resilient and energized version of yourself. And sugar, a lot of refined sugar and excess carbohydrate refined carbohydrate is going to dim your light and it's going to make you feel crap. Okay. So it's the start of the year. You might need to hit the reset button when it comes to your sugar intake, or maybe you've never really addressed this area because it just feels so big and overwhelming. This episode, I'm going to break it down for you. Okay. We're going to break, 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 break it down <laughs> into the how and the why. Okay. So it's going to be, it's going to be a good one, but I hope you're well. Hi. I am recording this kind of a couple of days before it actually gets released. Sometimes I record podcasts, like batch them in advance and other times it's more in the moment. So it is one cold, one cold January day. I've got my hat on in the office. I've got an afternoon of clients after this. And um, I, you know, I I was sitting in the car today and I've got a confession for you. I was checking in with clients. Last week was my first week back with clients after um, the Christmas holidays and so I was just checking in with a couple of client sessions and on Voxer and just all the admin and the labs and all that kind of stuff, which is great. I love it all. And uh, I was checking in with a client who had just been um, chronically sick for a really long time, fibromyalgia, IBS, constipation, um, mental health issues, pain, joint pain. Just, just imagine all the awful things that you don't want to have when you have young children and a job and <laughs> just those things. And, you know, I, my, I uh, was checking in on her and do you know what? I'm going to confess. I honestly was like, oh, I wonder if, sh- if um, 
Christmas has been hard just because, you know, she's got young kids and potentially can be quite draining and she might have had like a symptom flare up um, because maybe not eating as well or just the stress of this festive time. So that's kind of what I was expecting. Then I'm getting an update from her. No, she is freaking balling it. I am so impressed. She is doing so well. And I surprised myself because the reason she's doing so well is she's just implementing all the stuff we've talked about. And it's not huge stuff. It's not like she's working really hard and getting really stressed about being healthy. She's just maintained. We talked a lot before Christmas about how can we make it easier. She did her Christmas lunch um, like ready-made so she wasn't cooking everything from scratch. We made a plan of action of how she she could get a break over Christmas because it's easy, I think, when you're a mother and you take a holiday from work, but it's not really a holiday at all. You just end up more exhausted. So we made a plan for that and she's actually doing really, really well. Even though it's January, even though this is the month when you know, everyone gets super depressed and she, she struggled with depression anyway, she's doing really well. And I, 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 had to, I had to give myself a talking to her. I was like, Kezia, why were you expecting it not to be going well for her? Why were you preparing yourself for flare-up? And it's interesting. Sometimes I am surprised at how powerful this stuff is. And I have to remind myself and give myself a bit of a talking to sometimes about what is possible for people. Because we limit ourselves because we don't want to, um, we kind of, we limit our possibilities to prepare for disappointment. That's what I was doing there. I was limiting what was possible for her um, in case, because I didn't want her to get disappointed or me to be disappointed with her progress. Because I, I look, I really care about my clients. Um, I sometimes care a bit too much and, you know, I've worked a lot on boundaries with that. But I, I really want you to feel well. And, but there's so much possible. And actually, when you can get the support, get the coaching and that long-term container, some of these incredible results happen best in long over a long period of time, four, five, six months, especially if you've been struggling something for multiple years, you can see how you've been struggling with a symptom for multiple years. We have, it's, it's illogical, right? Say you've had IBS since you were a child, right? We kind of expect maybe like two sessions and then it will all disappear. No, if you've struggled with something for like 12 years, you're probably going to need support over at least a couple of months. And now, and I work fast with my clients, you know, I am, I am here for quick progress. I like efficiency. I don't, just because you've struggled with IBS for 12 years, you do not need to work with someone or work with me for 12 years. God, no. Like, no. We can, we can literally address it in a couple of months, but we need a couple of months, you know? Like, stuff doesn't um, completely shift overnight. Healing is a process. When you cut your hand, it doesn't just heal itself back up in five seconds, does it? Sometimes it gets infected and you have to clear out the infection and allow it to heal. Sometimes it takes a couple of weeks. Sometimes you need to get stitches. Sometimes you need structural support, right? If you get the flu, it doesn't just suddenly disappear in a day. You have to have a fever, burn out the, the stuff, get the virus out of your system. You have to rest, you have to sleep and you, you make it through. Healing is a process. It takes time, it takes support, but it can be quicker than you think but it's still not going to necessarily happen overnight. So anyway, but we often limit ourselves. We limit our progress because we're scared of disappointment. So I just encourage you this year, like I um, was aware of, how much are you guarding yourself against disappointment? Because I know, like literally just from like some just boring basic research, even what we talk about today in this episode, if you just apply and shift your relationship with sugar, if you haven't done already, you're going to feel better. If you improve your gut health, 
going to feel better. If you can um, balance your hormones, going to feel better. If you can support the structure of your brain with the right nutrients and lifestyle changes, you're going to feel better. I know you can feel better than you do right now. It's not a question of if, it's a question of when and when you are allowing yourself to go, you know what, I'm I'm going to stop limiting myself now. I'm going to stop preparing for disappointment and I'm going to start preparing for pleasure, for purpose, for joy, for feeling better. And feeling better might not mean that every single every single thing in your life suddenly just becomes like this perfect thing, but you can feel better than you do right now. I know that. I have seen it in hundreds and hundreds of people. I feel it in my own body as I share about in this episode. I so I just sites like tangent but important and if you need support with that a couple of things first thing is I will be taking on new clients in February so if you want to come and work with me keziahall.com forward slash book if you know you need support if you've tried going it alone if you've tried doing things in a week if you are always preparing for disappointment you've had disappointment before you work with people before and it's not worked if you're feeling overwhelmed and confused and you just know this year Maybe you've got a big birthday coming up. Maybe you want to have kids in the future. Maybe you're finished having kids like me and you're just like, I really want to heal and recover. You deserve to feel good, but you probably don't know how to create that. Otherwise, you would feel that now in your life, right? If you knew how to have balanced hormones and a really good gut health, you would already have it because you would have achieved it in your life. So you don't know how to do it. So you often, you need support and strategy in order to create that thing that you want because you can have it. Just because you don't know how to create it doesn't mean it's not possible for you. It is possible for you. You just need to decide that you're worth having. You just need to decide that, yes, this is available for me. I'm going to allow myself to heal. And it's one of the best investments, best uses of your time you can do is actually working on your health, healing your body, healing your brain, healing your hormones and your gut health. Because it's one of those things, when you invest in it now, it's actually going to, you're going to see a return on that investment for years, like years and years and years and years. I am so glad I began investing in my health. I'm 36 now, so like 12, 13 years ago, I think was maybe when I started like the GAPS diet, that my first foray into things. I'm so grateful for that. I'm, I'm reaping the reward of that now. The knowledge the work that I did on my gut health, you know, it's so worthwhile. So if you want to work with me, I'm going to be taking on new clients in February and my program is changing a little bit so I can share all about that on the phone. Um, It's going to include, if you're in the UK or able to come over, I think it's going to include like an in-person luxury retreat and and the length is going to change. I think it's going to be about a six-month program. Um, So it's going to be, it's going to be fantastic. So keziol.com forward slash... Um, book, B-O-O-K. And also I am running the Shift Challenge, a free five-day challenge where you are going to learn the tools and habits that you need to create the shift you want to see in your belly, in your brain, and in your hormones right now. So, so often we know, most of the time people I work with know they want something to change, right? You probably are listening to this and be like, God, I'd love more energy. I'd love my acne to go away. I'd really love these menopause symptoms to fade. I'd love a, a, a period that isn't painful. Sorry, that's my timer telling me to go get my sweet potatoes out of the oven. Apologies for the interruption of my broadcast. So you probably know you want something to change, right? because this is his podcast, but you don't maybe know how and how to create the change now. And that is what the shift challenge is about. It's about equipping you with some of the habits and skills um, to create the shift 
in your life, in your habits and in your routines that you need in order to feel better. So it's called the Shift Challenge of five days. We're starting Monday, the 29th of January. You can go to keziahall.com forward slash challenge to um, sign up or the link is in the show notes as well. I would love to have you there. There's going to be a workshop every day. It's going to be so inspiring. If you're feeling fed up, demotivated, a bit depressed and a bit like in January and just you're still just stuffing your face with mince pies. I totally get it. I felt like that last week. It's completely fine. Join the shift challenge. This is going to kick you up the butt and do you so much good. And you're going to feel it leave the challenge feeling so much better, so inspired. And I think this could potentially change your life. It did for people last year. So it can do for you this year. So kezihall.com. You can see the shift challenge at the top. Go to the link in the show notes to sign up and I will hopefully see you in there. Okay, let's dive into the show. So we're talking about sugar today and how sugar dims your light or said in a less flowery way, sugar will make you feel like crap. (laughs) And it's really hard to have balanced hormones and happy periods and a really solid mental health and good energy and a resilient immune system and be at a healthy body weight and um, have really good gut health if you have excess sugar and carbs in your diet. It's just the way it is. So I realized I haven't really talked about this specifically and it's a super practical area. I talk about a lot with clients. It's one of the first things we tackle in terms of diet if, if this is a problem with people. Some people have already dealt with this, but it does come up quite a lot. And if you're anything like me, it's a time of year when it might be kind of rearing its head a little bit more. I think at the weekend, we finally finished all of our Christmas leftovers of like, we had like three gingerbread houses and Christmas cake and mince pies and all the things, which was great. You know, there's no guilt here. I enjoyed all of those foods. But last week I was noticing, I'm like, oh, my sugar cravings are definitely higher my energy is a little bit lower. Okay, Kezia, it's time to just reset, reshuffle, remember that this stuff makes you feel like crap and focus on feeling good because that's kind of what we're about here. And I think sometimes when we think about sugar, your brain will immediately jump to all the deprivation and the, oh, but I love cake or milk chocolate or what about my dairy milk? What about my wine? Which is alcohol sugar. This is really impossible. way of it. What about my bread? Because, you know, this is about sugar, refined sugar, but it's also just about really highly processed carbs. So you might not be that into sugar, but you love crisps and like bread, for example. So you're not necessarily, it's not the sweetness, but you're still getting, it's at the end of the day, it's still all becoming glucose in your blood very quickly. (laughs) Whether you get it from a dairy milk, whether you get it from like really processed, um, bready, alcoholy crisps, I mean, crisps actually have quite a lot of terrible fat in, so I don't know how that would affect your blood sugar. But anyway, crisps aren't great for you either. So it's easy with these kind of things to just jump to all the deprivation, how awful it will be without your dairy milk or whatever. But really, the first thing you want to jump to is how much better could you feel? And do you want to keep feeling a bit crap? Because if you keep eating a lot of sugar and refined carbs, you will feel crap. This isn't like a This isn't one of those things that's like, well, everyone's slightly different. No, no, no. If you eat excess amount of carbs and excess amount of sugar, you will feel terrible. Now, obviously, everybody has their own carbohydrate tolerance, as it's called. So some people have to go really, really low carb in order to feel good. And other people like me, I can actually tolerate a decent amount of carbs. I'm not going to be doing a ketogenic, high-fat, low-carb diet anytime soon. It doesn't work for me. It doesn't feel good. But... 
So we, we do have a different carb tolerance, but when it comes to refined sugar and excess refined ultra processed carbs, that just doesn't serve any of us at any point. Even if you're running a marathon, I would say it can still create inflammation in your body and affect your recovery, even if you are immediately using up that glucose, if that makes sense. Because anyway, that's a whole other area of science. So we're looking at sugar and how it dims your light. And I thought this was um, an apt time to record it. I am um, just hitting the reset button myself. I noticed, oh, I've got a lot of sugar cravings. I'm craving a lot of sweet things in the evening. Really common. I see this with clients. They may be not eating biscuits and cake all through the day, but when it comes to evening after dinner, their little brain goes looking for sugar, something sugary or something carby just to munch on in the evening. Yeah. And I, I, that, that has been me last week. So, and I've also noticed my energy going down a little bit and I was like, oh, you know what? This, like, I know how good I can feel. And so it's almost easier and it is easier for me because I have ditched my addiction to sugar. And I did that a long time ago. So for me, this is a bit of a gentle reset. It's not that big a deal, but I, I know how good I can feel. And so I know when I feel a bit shit and I'm just, I'm not willing to tolerate that. So some of it with sugar is about what are you willing to tolerate? How good are you allowing yourself to feel? And also from a preventative medicine perspective, really simply put, excess sugar and excess refined carbohydrates can lead to insulin resistance. Often they do. A lot of people in the UK have a lot of insulin resistance. And this is majorly contributes to all of the main killers, whether it's heart disease, cancers, cardiovascular. Do you know cancer cells love sugar? Do you know for a lot of ways of how they assess where cancerous cells are in the body, what do they do? Just fill the body. I think it's injecting or you drink. I don't know the ins and outs of it. Um, but you would basically take a sugary solution and then you scan and then all the cancer cells light up because they take all the sugar. So whether, but it's also if you're struggling with things like long COVID, chronic fatigue, um, so many things are impacted by sugar. And I know you might be like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was literally running a webinar with a Harvard trained psychiatrist, Dr. George E. She's got a great book coming out, um, at the end of the month on, um, it's, she's big on the ketogenic diet. She uses it therapeutically with her patients, you know, patients really struggling with mental health. She uses it as a psychiatrist and finds it to be a really helpful tool and really effective tool with her clients with, um, mental health issues across the board, because there's always, whether there's schizophrenia, um, bipolar, mental health issues, depression, anxiety, you know, she's a psychiatrist. She works with a lot of people over a broad spectrum of mental health issues. She finds it to be really, really helpful. And why is that? Is because basically the ketogenic diet, which is often a high fat, low carb diet is removing and helping the body repair from insulin resistance. So this isn't just like, well, because you think sugar's not a great, this if you are wanting to live a long and healthy life, you need to address sugar. And I know a part of your mind might be really pissed off that I'm saying that and be like, Kezia, you spoil all my fun. But being chronically ill isn't fun. Dying early isn't fun. Feeling out of control with your eating isn't fun. Being depressed, being anxious isn't fun. Being chronically fatigued isn't fun. Having joint pain isn't fun. Shitting yourself isn't fun. So, so, so some of the conversation around sugar is so weird because we're like, oh no, you can't eat it, spoil all my fun. And I do get like fun and pleasure is important. I love food. 
you know, I still do eat sugar. Like I'm just telling you over Christmas, I really enjoyed eating sugar. It was really fun. It was really great, but I'm not going to continue to eat like that for the rest of the month for another couple of weeks because I will feel awful and I don't want to feel awful. I don't have to feel awful. I also want to live a long and healthy life to be able to have fun with my kids and hopefully see some grandkids at some point and do yoga in the garden and grow herbs and travel the world when I'm 70 and 80. Like I want to live long and I want to live well. And so what I can do for that now is address my relationship with sugar. And often our relationship with sugar, our habits and behaviors around sugar is really just a masking other stuff going on. And it's often emotional stuff. It's often numbing out the stress, numbing out the pain, numbing out the anxiety, numbing out the fatigue. It's a lot of numbing that goes on with our relationship with sugar. So we need to address it. So there's a couple of things I want to go through. I'm going to share with you a little bit of the how and a little bit of the why. But if when talking about this, you already know you need more support, then couple of things. I'm doing the shift challenge at the end of the month. So this would be a great time to come and get some support and help you shift your sugar addiction. It's not primarily focused just on sugar. I do give some, a meal plan, which is obviously everything I do is like refined sugar-free, high protein, low carb, all the things. Not ketogenic. I'm not, uh, I don't think that's a rule of thumb for everybody, but you can join that at keziahall.com forward slash challenge. That will be to, um, come and sign up for the shift challenge. And also if you need a lot more recipes, you want lots of really good snack recipes and three weeks worth of meal plans, then I have my Beat the Sweet program. This is a whole program totally dedicated to helping you beat beat the sugar addiction. And you can go and do that. Um, I'll put a link in the bio, but shop.keziahall or just go to keziahall.com and click on the shop. You'll see Beat the Sweet. Lots of people have done this program. It's really helpful. I've run it live several times and now it's a really helpful online resource that you can access really low cost that will literally walk you through over three weeks of completely breaking your sugar addiction. There will be meal plans. There will be recipes. I'll be like, this is, if you really want a a hand holding through this and a lot of support, Beat the Sweet is for you. And I think it's really, I can't can't remember how much it is, but it's really low cost. It's like 40 pounds or something or like $50, something like that. So you can find that in the show notes as well. So when it comes to sugar, we've got to understand that the amount of sugar we eat now as a society, the amount of sugar that is in our food is more than we have ever eaten before. We are human bodies in as history have never consistently eaten this much refined sugar. Yes, we would have had times and periods when we would have eaten more sugary things like at harvest times or when we started to bake things or if we found like a beehive, then we'd probably stuff our face with honey. And, you know, there's, it's not to say that we um, never ate sweet stuff before. You know, there is sweet stuff in nature. So it's not inherently bad, but it's the refining process that it has gone through that is really quite a unique thing. And often sugar gets highly refined sugar often gets put in a lot of highly processed food. And again, highly processed food is a really new thing. Like even if I think about like 40 years ago, we we just didn't have as much highly processed food, food that is not really food. Food, when you look at the ingredients, you're like, what the truffle is that? Why is there E numbers and additives and all of these things? Why is it there? Because it preserves it on a shelf for like six months. Why do we want to do that? So that someone can make profit. So it's really helpful to just take a zoomed out picture and go, oh, like I, as a human race, we actually haven't always eaten like this. Huh. Interesting. And that you could extrapolate or you might want to think about how the different diseases we have, how those are increasing. Yes, we're living a longer lifespan than we did a hundred years ago because there's been lots of medical breakthroughs, but 
Are we all living well for a long time? I'd argue not. Our children are becoming more obese and more mentally disabled and unwell. Adults mental with mental health issues is is just rising so much. And I don't say any of these things with judgment. It's just when you look at our human race and you look at what's happening and it's, and again, sugar is not the only factor here. And it's not to even demonize sugar because a bit of sugar is great. Like Christmas. Hey, I totally had sugar. It was great. I had great fun on my birthday. I'm going to have a birthday cake. Like I'm going to do that when I want to, you know, it's, this is not to say that we suddenly need to become really puritanical and remove all pleasure and joy from our lives. No, pleasure and joy is so important. But pleasure and joy is is so important that I want you to feel good in your body every day. And if you have an out of control relationship with sugar, you won't feel good in your body. You won't feel good in your mind. Your mood will be low. You'll probably be more anxious. Your sleep will be poorer. There'll be more inflammation in your body, all of these things. And I want you to feel joy, not just when you eat chocolate cake. I want you to feel joy all the time. I want you to feel pleasure, not just when you have wine and biscuits, ice cream, whatever it is. I want you to feel pleasure in your body as much as possible. I don't want you to have to only rely on wine to calm down. You get the, the amount of pleasure and joy that is available to you in your body is vast and infinite. And sugar is just actually going to prevent you from feeling that fullness of it. But like a lot of healing that needs to happen and a lot of breaking addiction that needs to happen, because I would say sugar addiction is a thing. Like it is literally designed to be addictive. One of the reasons why sugar is so prevalent, like I have three young kids and I feel like kids are just, they're just, sugar is shoved in their faces all the time. <laughs> and it's shoved in your face as an adult, whatever it, whatever you is, whether it's through alcohol, well, you're not, you're not drinking, why aren't you drinking? And that's a whole other question and thing in itself. Oh, why don't you want cake? It's just a bit of cake. Come on, don't want, you know, all that chat in the office or why aren't you eating that? Oh my goodness, what? Sugar's not, all of that chat. So prevalent, number one, because sugar is addictive and it is deliberately designed to be that way. The refining process of it, how it gets added to fat and salt literally makes our brains light up. So these ultra processed foods like that you might buy in the shop that are so kind of tasty and make your, they make your brain light up and they can become addictive. That's, you know, when you go to a coffee shop and you get like your pumpkin spice latte, so you've got caffeine, you've got sugar, then you get a cake. So it's probably got a good amount of fat, a good amount of salt, a good amount of sugar. That is deliberately designed to like light up your brain and have you wanting more. So there, there is an addiction going on. And also sugar is profitable. So if remember, food, most of the food that you buy is not all companies, but the majority of the food companies in a shop that you will go to are focused on profit. So they are wanting to have a maximum profit margin in the food that they make. How do we do that? You do that by making the foods last longer. You do that by processing them. So making them really highly processed so you don't need to use fresh ingredients because fresh food doesn't last, you know? And then sugar, really refined sugar will last a long time. It also helps preserve things. So the more sugar you add to things or salt also, but sugar then um, you're going to increase your profit margins. So it's actually really good business sense from a just a pure business strategy that makes a lot of sense and it's a really good idea. So if and I and I I know I'm saying this, it might just sound like I'm super cynical. I'm really I really am not. I I'm just I take note of the systems upon which I live and exist in so that I can be empowered to make choices within those systems. I'm not even judging that food makes profit. I don't, you know. 
like there is some big food industries out there that I think are shocking that do harm in the world. And then there's cool little businesses that are making a really great change in the world. So, but it's just helpful to know, you know, we can, we've been so brainwashed to, um, and marketed to with very good marketing and propaganda that, oh, it's just sugar. It's just calories. Calories, just a calorie. But no, when it comes to the whole one of the big problems with sugar, and this isn't the only problem, is how it affects our insulin. And insulin levels, if we are constantly spiking our insulin levels and, and creating crashes, there can be something called insulin resistance is when your cells become resistant to insulin. And insulin is a hormone that's job is to store sugar in the body. And if you basically tire the body out with too much, too much sugar, which means a lot of insulin being produced. And throughout the day, you've got a sugar spike at breakfast, sugar spike in the afternoon, sugar spike in the evening. You, over time, you actually wear down your body's ability to handle sugar. And that's when you create, can can create um, a lot of inflammation, a lot of belly fat. If you, if someone primarily stores fat along their belly, um, and it's maybe got quite slim legs and arms. If that's maybe where you would store most of your fat, there's probably issues with your insulin. Also, insulin affects things like your brain and your um, mental health massively. So one of the reasons I don't love eating a lot of sugar, one of the reasons I don't give my kids a lot of sugar is because of, um, for myself, my mental health, my mood is much less resilient. I just feel a lot flatter and can be a lot more anxious. And with my kids, if they have a lot of sugar, their behavior is much worse. They're be- they become more erratic. They become um, just not, not the children I know them to be. And because sugar and insulin, the hormone that stores sugar, when that those systems get abused, then the brain can take the cost of it, takes a hit of it. And you see this a lot with kids. If you give a whole class of kids a bunch of sweets just with sweets and e-numbers and colorings and then you ask a teacher to teach that lesson she's going to know that there's a problem or you know I've spoken to teachers that teach in more economically deprived areas where a lot of kids aren't necessarily having breakfast so their blood sugar is really low or like ask ask a teacher primary school and they can tell you the impact on a basic level the impact of food on children but it's the same it doesn't change just because you grow up doesn't like suddenly you become 18 and nope sugar doesn't affect my brain at all it totally does and it also affects your hormones remember insulin is a hormone And if your insulin level, so you're eating glucose, glucose goes in the blood, the body goes, huh, glucose in the blood, we need to store that, we need to do something like this, we can't just have this floating around, you release insulin, insulin stores it, it gets that sugar, it gets that glucose to go somewhere, do something, be productive, you know, it gets burned, energy, all the different processes in the body. So just to recap, in case I've, (laughs) I've lost you on like, what, sugar, glucose, insulin, this is the very basic picture. With your hormones, if you have insulin spiking a lot, large amounts of insulin, this actually affects things like your testosterone production. It affects your estrogen production. So actually, sugar can play a big role in your periods. It can play a big role in your menopause, in perimenopause, so many things. Also plays a big role in body composition and body fat storage. Again, insulin is a fat storing hormone. So imagine if you've got three times a day, you've got massive spikes of insulin going on because of what you're eating, maybe too much carbs, too much um, refined sugar, what are you going to do? You're giving your body loads of opportunity to store lots of fat and often fat around the the middle. Um, It also affects your gut health as well. Guess what loves sugar in the gut microbiome? 
yeast, pathogenic bacteria will just feed. And so if you say you are on the pill, you take anti- you've take you had a history of antibiotics and you have a lot of sugar, you are going to, your microbiome is probably going to be um, messed up for want of a better phrase. And I don't say that to scare you. It's just, I can tell when I go look at good test results, when someone's been on the pill, when someone's had a lot of antibiotics and when there's been sugar to fuel some of the dysbiosis. So um, that's why it plays a role in things like chronic fatigue, long COVID, these kinds of things. Because if you've got a high sugar, highly refined carb diet, you're actually going to be cultivating a more inflammatory, should we say, gut microbiome. And your immune system is intrinsically connected to your gut microbiome. So if you're struggling with your immune system, again, you can see how it kind of can come back to sugar. So this is something... I know the health world, there's a lot of stuff. There's a bit overwhelming. Where do you start? What's the big deal? What? Blah, 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 blah. This is one of the great, best areas to start. If this is the only thing you address with yourself and the only thing you address with your family, this is a great place. This could t- take you so far in terms of prevention, in terms of hormone balance, in terms of mental health. And the biggest hurdle with dealing with sugar and ditching sugar or um, getting rid of your sugar addiction is honestly one of the minds, it's the mindset component of this because it feels so much worse than it is. And it can be helpful to just acknowledge. That's why I use the word addiction and I don't use that word lightly. I know there's a lot, um, sugar addiction is definitely not up there on the, on the scale of um destruction that addictions can bring, although I I know from some clients, (laughs) binge eating on sugar can be very um, destructive. I've worked with people with a lot um, of different substance abuse issues. And you could say um, there is sugar addiction is that of, um, there's a place of privilege in that. Um, Although sugary foods are cheap. So you actually see this across all economic stratospheres, if that's the right word. I don't think it is. <laughs> you know what I mean? All economic groups is because sugar is um, cheap. Sugar is profitable. Sugar is marketed and shoved down our throats. So, <laughs> and I really hope you hear my heart on this. I, I, I'm just saying as it is, bluntly, as a holistic nutritionist, because I don't want to pussyfoot around this. I don't want to... Um, um, be like, yeah, no, no, you're a little bit, no, you will just feel rubbish if you eat a lot of excess sugar. And I include in that excess carbs. So your refined white carbs, white pasta, crisps, alcohol as well, I would include in this. And I tell you all this because I'm just hitting the reset button this week. And today I mentioned I have um, eaten all of my Christmas leftovers, which was great and very fun. And I put no pressure on myself to do any sort of detox on the 2nd of January because January is hard enough like I'm not gonna start detoxing on (laughs) anyway that's just not how I go I listen to my body and I do it relatively intuitively and I just knew last week right Kezia enough's enough you're feeling a little bit rubbish now you deserve to feel good so let's get on it so how do we do this well join beat the sweet join shift challenge if you want more support shift is totally free five days. It's not primarily focused on sugar, but we're looking at how I'm, the shift challenge is about helping you and equipping you with creating lasting habit change. So dealing with sugar could be something that you deal with in shift. And I'd love to help you with that. Beat the Sweet is a low cost paid program over three weeks. That's going to help you to beat the sugar addiction in three weeks with meal plans, recipes, resources, support, all the things like 
low sugar snacks. Like, so the biggest question with sugar is what do I snack on? What do I eat? What are puddings? And there's like over 40 recipes because it includes my sweet treat collection ebook, which is all refined sugars, sugar free snacks, including like super low sugar snacks and also more decadent things that you might want to have for like a special occasion. Like you're going to a baby shower. You know, I'm, I'm not bringing celery to a baby shower. I'm going to bring some brownies, but I'm not going to make them really high in refined sugar because that's not a blessing to a new mom to just create loads of inflammation and an insulin response in it is it so um it's got a nice blend of those so but the main but I'll tell you now the main strategy I use with all my clients and I mentioned in the book is twofold I have a twofold strategy of how you do this number one remove refined sugar so that's that's your sugar in your tea that's your syrups that's your um, dairy milk, the biscuits, the things that you know have sugar in, the things that have glucose, glucose syrup, dextrose, anything ending in an OS, O-S-E, glucose, dextrose, you know, anything that has, when you look at the ingredients that has date syrup, glucose syrup, cane sugar, you, those are all just different words for sugar. So you want to remove the refined sugar and focus on adding in more protein and more complex carbs. So protein and complex carbs do become glucose in the blood, but they become glucose in the blood at a much slower rate. The problem with sugar and refined sugar and refined carbs is you get, boom, a lot of glucose in the blood very fast. So you want to remove the refined sugar and add in more complex carbs, meaning whole foods, whole sweet potatoes, butternut squash, carrots, um, even like using a whole date or using fruit to sweeten things instead of sugar, um, things like that. You might want to add in some naturally sweet alternatives, things like stevia or xylitol. If you maybe like sugar in your tea, I have a client who really loved sugar in her tea. So we switched to xylitol for a couple of months and then eventually she's removed the sweetness completely, but we did it in stages because it's okay to take your time. And the main thing we want to achieve with sugar is a lasting change. The thing that really irritates me with sugar is when so many people are like, I'm on a 30 day sugar detox. I'm doing whole 30. I'm on a sugar detox. I'm doing a thing. And I get it's really helpful to have a structure. Like that's why I have Beat the Sweet to have a structure there. But the goal should always be that you are creating a lifestyle shift. So I would rather you create a lifestyle shift in five months that lasts for the rest of your life than you do some 30 day flash in the pan. It's just... It, being sugar-free for 30 days out of a year isn't, it's just, it doesn't make that much, it's better than nothing, but it's not going to make that big a difference. But learning how to gradually create a sugar-free lifestyle that will serve you for many years is going to have a tremendous exponential impact on your health now and help you prevent future disease. So if you're quite fatty and very on and off, I, you've got to, come to terms and wrestle and maybe get really pissed off or grieve or get annoyed or do some mindset work. Again, this is why I'm a coach as well as a holistic nutritionist. Do some mindset work around the fact that you feel like you're being deprived. It's interesting, isn't it? I'm telling you, if you eat a lot of sugar, you are going to potentially contribute to your own future demise and disease. Yet, if I tell you to remove it, there's a part of us that feels deprived, like we like we want to feel shit. We're allowing ourselves to feel awful. We're allowing ourselves to be limited by sugar, trapped and addicted to something outside of ourselves, which is interesting. There's a lot of oh, interesting mindset stuff that can be going on there, right? So if you have done whole 30s and sugar detoxes before, 
Actually, I really recommend you maybe want to hit the reset button. This is what I'm doing. I hit the reset button this week where I just remove. So sorry, let's let's get this right. Stage one, remove refined sugar, add in more complex carbs and proteins. That's the beginning. And then once you've done that, then for a period of time, somewhere between three to 10 days, and this is what I do in the Beat the Sweet program, is you want to remove all tasting foods apart from maybe a little bit of fruit. So that's when and even natural foods, because you have to change your palate. Your um, your palate will shift when you remove refined sugar. It will actually change and foods will suddenly become too sweet, but you've got to allow that time. And this is often when, at this stage, stage two, is when things often get worse before they get better. This might be when you feel tired, when you feel a bit more brain foggy because your brain, your body is readjusting. You're, you were, even with more healthy um, carbs, maybe eating lots of fruit and bananas, you might have been um, still creating a lot of insulin spikes. And so when you stop doing that, the body has to readjust. And so sometimes it can feel worse before it gets better. So, but for a period of time, three days, this week, I'm going to probably do it for about as long as I can, three days, five days. I've done this so many times. I am very chilled about it and it's not that big a deal. And it's not that hard for me really at all. Um, but when you've, you've never done this before, it can feel really challenging. That's why I work it through with my clients. Three to 10 days of no sweet tasting foods. You want to eat an abundance of other foods. This isn't about fasting or not eating. An abundance of other foods and snacking regularly and drinking lots of water and sleeping lots. But you want to remove all sweet tasting foods for about three to 10 days. And then slowly reintroduce your naturally sweet things. And again, I walk you through this in the Beat the Sweet program. Um, but that's roughly my two-pronged um, process. And so you can decide where you're at right now. You might just still be having lots of sugar in your tea. And um, you actually, when you think about how much sugary things you eat in a day, you maybe have a sugary coffee and then you have granola that you buy from the shop, which is really sugary FYI. And then you might have a biscuit in the morning and then you might have some chocolate in the evening. And then you might have like a Trek bar or like a granola bar in the afternoon that kind of looks healthy because sometimes this healthy stuff is actually really sweet. Like I think about Deliciously Ella um, um, has these um, granola bars, like oat bars, that are really great. I've used them when I was training for a triathlon, but they actually have a really high amount of carbs in. <laughs> like, And I know there's oats in there as well, so there is fiber. I'm not slating those foods. I do eat them. I find them really helpful when I'm exercising because there's you get a bit of a sugar boost with some complex carbs from the fiber, which is great. But they're not, they're not an ideal snacking option, I would say. They're, for a lot of people, that would create quite an insulin spike. I mean, it's obviously better than a Mars bar. So again, we don't need to get really binary. We don't need to get really judgmental. It's just understanding the nutritional science and the facts and how it affects the body. Okay, so that's the two-prong pro uh, process. You can pick where you're at. Maybe you actually, you've already removed a lot of refined sugar and you just maybe need to hit the reset button. What I typically do with this is I just, I mean, it's quite simple. Foods that taste sweet, I just don't eat them for a few days. And I really focus on lots of vegetables, lots of water, herbal tea. I make sure I eat enough and have lots of fish and eggs and meat and vegetables and nuts and seeds. And um, I'll often have a couple of berries. Like this morning, I had a smoothie that had some blueberries in along with a bunch of veg and seeds and those kind of things. So that's totally fine. Um, but it's just to reset. You do need to reset your palate and reset your taste buds. And once you've done that, then it actually gets much easier. But the hardest thing is often starting. Okay, so that's why the shift challenge is there. If you join uh, by the link in the show notes, then um, 
you could get support. It, honestly, the biggest challenge is the mindset, is the, the drama that gets created in your head about it. And so that's why we need each other. That's why we need support. That's, my, that's why you need a coach. And so I would love to help you in that. Okay. So I hope this is helpful. And I'm sending you so much love. I know I've spoken very bluntly and directly and passionately about this. Um, but know that I love food. I do eat sugar sometimes, but I do it selectively. Um, food can be a really wonderful, pleasurable part of life. This isn't about some cold, restrictive, deprived life. No, this is about you feeling incredible and excess sugar will stop you feeling incredible. Doesn't mean you're never going to have it again. Like, will I drink wine again? Of course I will. Will I drink Christmas cake? Uh, drink, drink Christmas cake, Christmas cake smoothie. Um, of course I will. But I'm going to be the one empowered. I'm going to be the one in charge and I'm going to be the one that's feeling good. This isn't about, oh, I just have to eat sugar because my blood sugar's dropped and I feel so hungry and so tired. I'm going to stuff something in my face. No, it'll be because I really enjoy eating and delight in eating all the stuff, if that makes sense. And you deserve to feel good. What is, what's the most joyful thing, most pleasurable thing? You waking up and not feeling like shit. Like that, to me, that's the conclusion I come to. Yes, I enjoy cake and I enjoy coffee, but I, you know what I enjoy more? I enjoy having good mental health. I enjoy being strong enough to run. I enjoy being, having the energy to do work that lights me up. I really enjoy not having panic attacks. <laughs> I really enjoy sleeping well. I really enjoy not having eczema. I really enjoy having boring poos. I really, really enjoy all of that stuff more than I enjoy like dairy milk. Honestly, I do. And I do like dairy milk. Like I do like milk chocolate. So again, it's about the hierarchy of, of, of what's most important to you. And I, I am most important to me. You know how I feel. I am important. You're important. How you feel is important. And I know you can feel better than you do right now. Okay, sending you lots of love. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. And if you haven't left me a review yet, please go to iTunes, scroll down, look at ratings and review and give me a five-star review and leave a few comments. That really helps the podcast to reach more people. And if you want to know more about anything I mentioned in the podcast, you can go to the show notes at keziahall.com forward slash blog. And I would love to hear from you if you have any other questions. And please share this podcast with anyone that you know that you find helpful. Screen share it, put it on Instagram, Facebook, put it in your WhatsApp groups, screenshot it, share it with a friend. The more people that hear about this show, the merrier, because more and more women need to know how good they get to feel.